These medicines, like, they're a divine gift from the earth, from from God, from something bigger than us. And, like, they're not a gift from the government. They're not a gift from the industry. They're not a gift from companies. They're not a gift from scientists. They're from the earth. So earth didn't give these to us with the intention to create shame around their use. Earth gave these medicines to humanity to assist in our healing, in our awakening, in our remembering, and really in just assisting us in living in ultimate alignment with ourselves and with those around us. So are they coming to us from a place of shame? No, they're not. They are a gift. So let's treat them as the gift that they are and let's work with the practitioners who see them as the gift that they are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Psychedelics Podcast, where our intention is to bring heart and intuition to the foreground of psychedelics. I'm your host, Lana. And I'm your host, Zoe. Together, we are going to be taking a journey each week, introducing you to some of the greatest minds in plant medicine and psychedelics. Sure to ignite awarenesses and rememberings of divine ancient wisdom as we integrate psychedelics into modern life. So, let's journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another solo episode with your hosts, Lana and Zoe. So today, we are pretty excited to be bringing a very interesting topic forward for you. So we're going to be talking about shame and judgments in the psychedelic space and just bringing some awarenesses to some observations that we have made and how we can really start to transform that energy of shame and really walk this path in a very empowered way, in a way that allows us to just trust our trust our own path, our own unfolding of our own unique journeys and bring just more more love to the space, really. So get ready because this is going to be a really juicy episode. So why don't we kind of dispel or talk about some of the different narratives or judgments that we have observed in the space? So Zoe, I'll hand it off to you to start us off. What's like something that you've noticed shame around or judgments around when it comes to the psychedelic world? Yeah, I've definitely observed shame and judgments around people using multiple types of medicines. So for example, if somebody has experienced Cambo and then experienced ayahuasca and maybe they've done something like San Pedro, you know, we can, with all of these observations that we're sharing today, you can, you can see, um, or perhaps have observed judgments from each side of like, I've done X amount of different types of medicines and perhaps there's an ego around it, or like, why are you doing so many different kinds A questioning or perhaps like the question that prompts a bit of shame or can have someone feel shameful? Because I think with everything that we're going to state too, it's important to recognize that life is empty and meaningless and it's all about the meaning that we give it. I think that's derived from A Course in Miracles as well as the Landmark Forum, I know for sure. So it's like, we it's the meaning that we give it, but our words are very powerful. So it's recognizing when and where perhaps we have felt like someone's words were targeting us and why and or where in the psychedelic space this is existing so that we can talk more about it, we can bring more awareness to it because the more and more that we can transform shame, the more that we feel more free 
to then acknowledge the call in our heart to use the medicines that are calling for us. And if that is multiple different types of medicine, then that's your journey and that's absolutely perfect. Exactly. And just like trusting and knowing that there are different seasons to life and different points in our time and different points of different points in our lives require different medicines sometimes. And just knowing that is so empowering because with that, you can just see that, okay, well, maybe that was like a season of ayahuasca for me. And now maybe the mushrooms are speaking to me more, or maybe it's like a combination of both in my own way. And as long as you're doing it with intention and safely and with reverence for each medicine and allowing each medicine to do to have its own stage i i don't see the issue with with that and like zoe said it could be either way like you can be someone who is feeling called to try many different medicines and you can also be someone who is called to just go really really deep with one medicine either what either side can experience shame around that and it's just a matter of trusting your own your own journey, really. And kind of similar to that, something that I have that I have noticed um, in this space and where I see shame come out often is uh, shame and judgments is just like this idea that you need to have this amount of time in between experiences and you need to integrate for this period of time uh, before you have the next experience. And I know from my own personal journey that was quickly that was quickly proven to not be the case because there was a season where I was sitting with ayahuasca once a month. And that was a time when I needed that. And that was a time when I needed to be in that medicine space. But I found that sometimes when I would tell people in the space that that's what I was doing. There was, I don't know, maybe maybe I was projecting. And that's the thing that's so tricky about this conversation is that I, we don't know if like we were projecting the shame and judgments or if it was actually there. But I just sensed that there was a lot of like pushback and questioning of me sitting with ayahuasca that often. And, you know, that was like similar to what you had just said, Zoe. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a linear thing. It was just something that I had to listen to myself about, right? Yeah, I can completely agree with that. And it's important that you remain in your center, remain in your heart space, because like you said, you knew in your heart of hearts that that was the season for you. That was the medicine for you at that point in your life. And it reminds me of during the during the pandemic, I started to develop a a nightly practice with Hape where I sat with Hape every night. I, I would have a little ceremony for myself in my condo because I lived alone and I was isolated. And that was so sacred and so incredibly special to me. And I developed a powerful relationship, plant ally relationship with tobacco, with Hape. And in ways that that saved me that was such a powerful light in my life during that time. And now I'm in this season where I sit with Hape occasionally, but it's no longer a nightly ceremony thing. But at one point in time, it was what kept me 
grounded and centered. And I do believe it wasn't just the medicine, but it was just the act of a sacred ceremony and prayer and meditation each night. But that was exactly what my soul needed at that point in time. And I chose to honor it despite the judgments that were sort of floating around around that of, you know, Mm -hmm. are you addicted to that if you're doing it every night? Are you this or are you that? And for me personally, I just knew in my heart that this connection that was being developed with this sacred, beautiful plant medicine was empowering me in so many different ways. It was helping to decalcify my pineal gland, which was activating all sorts of things in my body, which was really a bright light during my dark night of the soul. And that was what I felt called to do. And I honored that despite perhaps any noise on the outside, I just chose to answer to the call of my heart, which sounds like exactly what you did, Lana, which I feel is exactly the message that we want to relate to each of you today is that if you tune out the noise, if you dial it down, if you, if you shut it off, what does your heart want? What is your heart calling for and which perhaps medicine or psychedelic is calling to you because as long as you're answering your internal compass, your intuition, you are on the, you are on the path. We're always on the path, but you are like next level on the path. You're open and willing and ready to receive the next level for yourself. Yeah. That's bang on. That's bang on. And having that discernment that you spoke about and like just tuning out the noise And having the discernment to say, okay, well, if all of that noise was quieted, what would I do? Well, I would sit with Hape every night because right now it's serving me so deeply in so many different ways. And I think like a good question to ask ourselves when we are in that space of like, okay, well, what, what do I really want? What is really serving me right now is, you know, if I were to forget everything that I know about this, if I were to forget everything that people have recommended or told me, what would I do? What feels right for me right now? And using that discernment of balancing what you do know maybe and what you want to do to come to that decision of what's what's right for you. And may we do that with every single aspect of our lives. I think there's a mm. lot to be learned like in the medicine space and in ceremony, different lessons translate in different ways. But just what you're speaking to, Lana, of just like honoring the self, every every single area of your life deserves that acknowledgement as well as if this is what I want, I'm going to flip and go for it. I'm going to answer to the call of my heart. I'm going to answer to the evolution of my soul. I'm going to trust myself and hold myself over everything else. And I think that's what medicines teach us. But again, if you choose to answer the call of your heart, no matter what the noise is, or even if you might feel fearful or nervous about accepting the call, let's say, to a new medicine or something that you have never tried before. There's so much that comes from those experiences. Yeah, they are really templates for our life. And we've talked about this with Tony Moss and just in our own conversations. But you know, if you walk the heart-led path and a path of self-awareness in the medicine space, you're that's probably mirroring the way that you walk in your everyday life. And if you walk a very linear, logical, prescribed path, you're probably that's probably mirroring the way that you're also walking in your everyday life. So I I just love to kind of treat this medicine path as a mirror and a place for growing and experimenting with all areas of life. And with that, 
Shall we move on to another another um, point of shaming that we observe? Yes, I definitely feel like we can introduce sort of the observations around medicines being unethically sourced. So mm-hmm. we definitely want to highlight that, well, I think what I want to say here is that two things can be true. So it can be true that there are people who are unethically harvesting medicines. Yes, that that does exist. And there is also, also the side of it where these medicines are being ethically sourced. They are being blessed. They are being held with reverence. So two things can be true. And I think when it comes down to this and in conversations about it, it's about educating yourself, right? If you choose to sit with a certain medicine, I'm going to use the example of Cambo because I feel like that's something that I get uh, questions about a lot with people who are curious about the medicine. Well, how do they how do they harvest this? I've heard all sorts of things. Perhaps people have seen photos or videos on the internet and it looks like the frog is being harmed. So as a certified practitioner, the medicine that we use under the IAKP comes from the Motsi's tribe in the Amazon. The Motsi's tribe only provides medicine to the IAKP because they have a very very powerful foundational agreement that has been built over time and a very powerful connection that has been fostered over time that the Motsis only provide medicine to the IAKP because the IAKP wants to encourage people who are working with Cambo to become certified so they can understand all different aspects and dimensions of the medicine, the safety, the science, the sacredness, the energetics, everything behind Cambo. So in building that relationship, they've created this new this new way in which the Motsis tribe, yes, have this beautiful connection, but this is their way of making sure that Cambo is held with reverence throughout the world. It feels better for them, their sacred frog, right? Knowing that it is reaching the hands of people who have been trained and certified and have an awareness and an understanding of what is so incredibly sacred to them. And they worship this beautiful Cambo frog. So that medicine is harvested ethically. It's harvested in ceremony. It's harvested very carefully, very intentionally. And so if you're working with someone who is a certified practitioner, you know that that medicine comes from the Motsi's tribe of the upper Amazon. And the Motsi's tribe get paid well for their Cambo. They get paid, yeah, they get that equal, what feels like a very equal and powerful energy exchange for them in gifting and sharing their medicine with the world. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Zoe, because I think Cambo is a medicine that definitely is misunderstood in terms of this, the sourcing. And we we did talk a lot about this in our episode with, with you all about Cambo, which we'll link if you guys want to learn more about this medicine. But it's exactly that. Like, while there are definitely practitioners out there who are, you know, perhaps operating without the highest reverence and love and um, maybe are acquiring medicine through like sketchy black market means, there are also those who acquire it directly from tribes with love and intention. And it's really up to us, like the journeyers, the seekers, to become empowered enough in ourselves to educate ourselves, to ask the questions, to do our research, and to ultimately listen to our gut before sitting with someone. It is a really big decision to make to choose a space holder 
or a shaman, a facilitator, and asking those questions about their sourcing, their medicine, their connection to the medicine. The more responsible we are, okay, we have the power to empower ourselves and to be responsible, the less power we give to these dark powers in the space, the less power we give to those space holders who maybe aren't operating with the highest intention. So we all have this capacity to do this. And we really want to empower you to do that. Learn as much as you can or as much as feels important. Um, Empower yourself, educate yourself, and most importantly, just learn to entrust that internal compass because it's not going to lead you down the wrong path. But the first step really is that self-awareness and that education. And that's why these conversations are so important. So you know, like consume our podcast, consume, we like, we encourage you to really listen to the other episodes we've had on modern psychedelics with, with guests who are, you know, practitioners with the highest regard, like pause this episode right now and go download some, um, you know, Trisha Eastman with Iboga, Tony Moss, Ruby Freeman, Steve Rio, uh, Carlos Duran, like they are all space holders who, um, maybe, Maybe if you are noticing all of these like dark powers that be in this space, allow these conversations with these incredible space holders to expand you and to show you that there are lots of people operating in the space from intent from a place of love and intention. And I'm just really fired up right now because I had I had an experience this past weekend where I was sharing with a friend that I was going to be trying a new medicine in November, which we're going to be sharing all about on the podcast. But, you know, I shared with her and I was so excited. And she said like, oh, well, you know that that's that like there's all these black market issues with that and that like it's not ethically sourced. And I was just like very and I'm sure she was coming from a place of, you know, compassion and care and um, is someone who really cares about the ethics and sustainability of this space. And I completely respect that. Um, and I trust and know that the place that I am getting this medicine has been sourced directly from the area that it's grown directly from the tribes. And I do, do um, trust it. So it's just a matter of empowering yourself, which you totally can do. Okay. Anything you want to add to that, Zoe? Yeah. I also want to say, like, I think in some scenarios, like you just mentioned, Lana, what you've recently been through is there's your opportunity to stand in your power and acknowledge that you have educated yourself because I know where you're going. I'm going to. And we've done our research. We've had our conversations. We've energetically felt into this for an extended period of time. And we trust ourselves. So perhaps Source Universe was giving you the opportunity to say, mm, yes, I completely see where you're coming from. But actually, there is this place in which I am going to, which has XYZ. This is the practitioner. This is the facilitator. This is what that experience is actually like. And it's actually held with reverence. So I think that the more that we can, perhaps if we do feel like there are moments where we're being met with shame or judgment, if we can stand strong in our power, if we can hold our positive vibe, if we can hold the frequency and we can choose to educate people versus perhaps starting a bit of an argument or feeling a bit of a trigger, that's how we transform this energy is when we maintain the vibe of 
I've educated myself. These are the things that I know to be true. This is what I feel inside. And I will share my story. I will share my experience. I will share what I know from a place of love and from a place of just desiring to offer someone a new perspective or perhaps to open their mind a little bit more. I think those moments are so key because it's when it could go, it could go a different way in that particular scenario. You could, could have entered into, you know, I know this isn't you, Lana, but just as an example, an argument you could have, and you could have shut down. Right. But it's choosing in that moment to rise above, to actually acknowledge what you've done in regards to education, in regards to feeling into things, in regards to the conversations that you've had. Because you're someone, and I know that each of you listening to this podcast and just modern psychedelics in general, you're intentional. You care. You desire to learn more. You value education. And so that's why you're here. So acknowledge yourself for being someone who has that within, who is consistently empowering themselves through education. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, um, I really appreciate you sharing that example, Anna, because I think it's definitely something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's so cool that like we can literally empower ourselves and by empowering ourselves and by empowering the light and the love and the intention and the care and the generations and generations of deep work that's been done in the space with these medicines, we are automatically disempowering those who are not aligned with that. When we start to give our energy and flow our energy, um, whether that's learning about this or helping to spread awareness around it or flowing our financial energy towards practitioners who are of the highest regard and intention and love, we're automatically disempowering those that aren't. So if you want to know how to make a change and how to you know, do something like quote unquote, do something about the, the, the unethical practitioners in the space. That's the first place to start before you go knocking on their door, before you go saying anything to them. The first thing you can do is empower yourself. Yes. Ooh, I love it. It's true because the more that we transform anything, transform, transmute, Anything that feels heavy, we are creating light. We are creating truth. We are creating more love in this world. And I think that psychedelics and Amazonian medicines are incredibly powerful tools that can help people navigate the spiritual awakening, everything that we experience as in life on planet earth and navigate dark nights of the soul. Like these medicines are incredibly powerful. They, they, I can say this because I feel like it applies to me. They can save lives. And so the less shame and judgment there are around one answering the call of their heart towards a medicine, the more vibrant and loving our world will be naturally the more open and free our world will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in regards, I think something that I just feel called to add here in regards to kind of the the ethical judgments or shaming that happens sort of around medicines being 
ethical and unethical. I think we can also add Palo Santo and Sage into this mix because I have, I've known that there's been certain seasons where it's it's become quite popular news in the space, for lack of a better term, around things being harvested unethically. And one thing that I definitely encourage people to do when they are purchasing these things, especially if there's someone who is using it frequently or as a space holder, you might use a lot more of these products, is to is to find a, someone who has a deep integral brand story. So definitely Four Visions Market. We've had both Carlos and Mariah, the founders of Four Visions Market on the podcast. You can listen to their stories and both absolutely incredible and beautiful human beings. But everything on their website, they've got the stories of where these come from, whether it's beadwork, whether it's hape, whether it's sananga. You get all of the details of where this comes from, the tribes and how they are being supported. Right. So if you like what I encourage is that if you are someone who is using these medicines on your own or using special tools, sacred tools like Sage and Palo Santo, find find a place that you know sources ethically, right? So that you feel clean and clear in doing that. You feel integral in doing that for yourself. And if you are buying it from a shop, uh, one thing that I always do personally is I ask where this comes from. And if they can't fully give me an answer, then that's that's an answer enough. But I also feel into it. And I know this is going to sound a little bit esoteric, but it's sort of like if you go into a crystal shop and you're feeling crystals, you can you can sort of tell which ones are more powerful than others because crystals too can be unethically and ethically sourced. But feel into the products that you're purchasing. Feel into these stores in which you're buying these products from. Does it feel like it is a conscious built business or company and just trust again that internal compass right ask yourself like does this feel aligned does this feel authentic to me to purchase in alignment with my personal values around sacred medicines just a tip Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. again bringing it back to that intuition that internal compass yeah yeah at the this is just such a hot topic because like really at the end of the day of course we care about the sourcing and the ethics and who is serving us these medicines. But these medicines, like they're a divine gift from the earth, from, from God, from something bigger than us. And like, they're not a gift from the government. They're not a gift from the industry. They're not a gift from companies. They're not a gift from scientists. They're from the earth, ayahuasca, like the sacred mushrooms, iboga, cambo, 5-MeO, even, even um, LSD was derived from a fungus, right? So Earth didn't give these to us um, with the intention to create shame around their use. Earth gave these medicines to humanity to assist in our healing, in our awakening, in our remembering, and really in just assisting us in living in ultimate alignment with ourselves and with those around us. So I think just that's something else... I'll just end with that, but just something else to remember, like what is the intention and the reason for these medicines? Are they coming to us from a place of shame? No, they're not. They are a gift. So let's treat them as the gift that they are and let's work with the practitioners who see them as the gift that they are. Yes. And transform anything less than unconditional love into unconditional love for them. Mm -hmm. Respect and yeah, overall just alignment with the reverence 
for these beautiful, sacred life changers, yeah. life savers, Ooh, all the magic. I'm all fired up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, Lana, because I feel like we've got, so we've got um, another point here around observations that we've made around some of the shaming. And you did an incredible episode with us. Um, like, I mean, I got to interview for an incredible episode <laughs> for all of us <laughs> who are listening about LSD. So I have noticed as well, and I know that this is why this is on our list today, is that there are some sh- there is some shaming around using psychedelics um, in celebration versus like a deep work or you know sacred ceremony. But I I think that sacredness is about how you are approaching these medicines. Sacredness is intentionality. Sacredness is like holding ceremony. So I would love if you could dive in a little bit more around using psychedelics for celebration and things that you've noticed in this space that we can, again, begin to transmute any judgments around it. Yeah. And like, even before in the space, I would just point directly at myself and like admit that I totally and completely had a spiritual ego when I first started drinking ayahuasca. And I thought that like, oh my gosh, like I'm never using psychedelics in like a fun way again. Like it's only supposed to be sacred. It's only supposed to be like intentional, but the missing piece is exactly what you said. The sacredness is in the intention, which you can bring to any moment. So now I'm definitely a bit more balanced. Like I'm not going out and raving every weekend like I was in my early twenties, but you know, I'm not going to say no to like a fun experience with like mushrooms or MDMA or LSD if the opportunity presents itself. Um, But I think like, yeah, the shaming around it comes from like this, like from my experience, it has come from this like spiritual ego around how these medicines are supposed to be used. And like, yes, while there is like ritual and ceremony that has been developed like by the ancients and by, you know, our ancestors, that's completely valid. But we can also bring that love and intention and ceremony to just having fun. And it's totally okay. And we did do a whole episode around this. And actually, Zoe, I don't know if you saw like in our Instagram comments, there's been some people chatting in recent posts about like, hey guys, like it's cool to also just like go out and dance on these. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely a topic that you yeah. that you guys are talking about out there. Um, yeah. But there, yeah, there's just like nothing wrong with using them for fun and celebration. It doesn't make you not spiritual. It doesn't make you not deep. It doesn't mean that you're like not doing your work. It just means that you're a human being that wants to like go dance and maybe you would rather take LSD than drink alcohol. Like that's it. That's it. Yeah. And it comes back to remember, it's all about the meaning that you give it. So if you decide that your intention with, let's say, using LSD is to go out and have a night of celebration and dance and connect with the people that you love, fantastic. That's all that it means then. Stay firm with your belief system. Stay firm with your intention, and you'll naturally just eliminate all judgment around that. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you probably experience judgment when you're on LSD. I don't know. That's just my assumption, Lana. I just feel like everything I've heard from you, it's just – a lot of light and love and there's no time to to worry about other people's perceptions <laughs> in that space but perhaps you know after you come down from these medicines a few days later just stay firm again remember what your intention was and uh, because that was the energy that you held in your heart when you when you entered into the medicine and that's all that matters 
Mm-hmm. That's all that matters is what you make it mean for you. Yeah, I'm really sensing this theme that like staying true to yourself, knowing yourself, approaching everything you do in life, not just this work, but like with intention, with self-awareness. Why are you doing something? Are you doing this yes. to mask something, to numb something? Or are you doing it to have a wonderful night with friends and to make memories? Mm-hmm. If you listen to yourself there and like are really honest with yourself, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, definitely. And I think also with this conversation around synthetic psychedelics, psych- synthetic medicines, is there are continuous developments in let's say synthetic versions of psilocybin or DMT ketamine or you know MDMA 5-MeO. So I think, yeah, I mean, where do you feel like we should go with that? Oh, sorry. You were saying like synthetic versions of non-synthetic. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Synthetic. Yeah. Yeah, But there's also like MDMA, LSD, you know, DMT, which are all synthetic and not derived from natural, natural um, products, let's say, because it's plants and animals. Right. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think like, yeah, the shame around this is like, it can be from both sides. So it can be like, people who only have the natural versions and like may look down upon those who choose synthetic versions of, um, you know, psilocybin or 5-MeO, let's say. And then there are people who might be doing the synthetic version and look down upon people who are doing the natural versions because of, you know, sustainability and sourcing issues that we just spoke on. So it can really go either way, right? Yeah, I think it like it goes either way. And this is, again, a key point and a key place where people can choose, okay, you can come from the energy of feeling the need to fight the fight. But if you just elevate yourself, if you just lift your gaze a little bit, you're in the place of let's educate each other. And let's just open up to the possibility that maybe someone's heart is being called to ketamine. And that's where their heart is called to go because that's the medicine that is in alignment with their path. And maybe someone feels drawn to sacred mushrooms versus a type of synthetic psilocybin that's being developed, right? It's just honoring each other and honoring each other's internal compasses. And again, like it can be both sides, but choose not to even be fighting the fight is what I feel is just trust that if somebody felt called to develop a synthetic version of DMT they're changing this world in big ways because yes, of course, they're going to be saving some frogs from people trying to harvest them or perhaps taking some attention away from, you know, people harvesting unethically, right? And they're they have this ability to offer that medicine to more people, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody was called to develop that, no, we don't need to shame them for developing something synthetic because they had an idea. They had an alive idea in their mind. They wouldn't have been given that energy from source, that divine inspiration to create something from source if it wasn't meant to be created in this world, in this reality. Mm-hmm. So honor that. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for either side. If someone is very well aware that they can have the choice to take part in a synthetic DMT ceremony 
or a natural derived DMT ceremony and they choose the natural side, even though they have both options, there's no need to shame them because that was what their heart was calling for. That is actually the path that will allow them the, the deepest of healing, the deepest like next step for them in their awakening, mm-hmm. that next level of understanding. So it's just about, again, we don't need to fight the fight. We just need to elevate ourselves and educate each other from a place of love and a place of honoring each other's internal compasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zoe speaking on 5-MeO-DMT, which has like the natural version from the toad. And then there's also a synthetic version that's been derived. And, you know, like the way to flip the the perspective on this is like, well, how amazing is it that we have the choice? We're all different human beings. We're all different and that's amazing. And we all have different values. And we are all growing and evolving at different paces. And how cool is it that a synthetic version might be aligned with someone's values? Perhaps, you know, someone who who's who strongly values like living a vegan lifestyle and doesn't want to have any type of animal product in their life. Whereas someone else may be very, you know, might really value being in the vibration of animal spirits, right? And they want to have that experience of the the actual secretion of the animal. How cool is it that these two different people can choose what is aligned for them and what is aligned with their values, right? Like how amazing is that, that we have the choice? And when it comes to like the practitioners in the space who are using synthetic versus natural, right? Like I'm, I'm not a practitioner and I, I've only interviewed some on the podcast, but I would imagine that there's definitely some shaming around that, right? And we can just come at that with a place from the place of like, well, these are my values and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And like, this is the path I'm walking. And can we just enter these conversations like from that heart space? And with love and respect for each other and our and our our unique paths. I mean, the the episode with Steve Rio, right? Like he works with a synthetic 5-MEO. And like, oh my gosh, I remember before we talked to him, I was like, I had so many judgments around synthetic. Like one, I'm just exposing myself on this episode. <laughs> like I had so many judgments around it. And after speaking with him and hearing the reverence he has and like hearing his reasons for why he works with synthetics, I'm like, wow, like amazing. So cool. Yeah. And I mean, while we're on this, <laughs> this path of exposing ourselves, <laughs> prior join to, me. I mean, it's see- <laughs> Season one, I was completely resistant, like full wall of resistance against anything synthetic, right? MDMA, LSD, ketamine. It was just hu- a huge wall, really. I can, I can sort of feel into that energy that was there before in my chest that was like, is it okay to talk about these things? Like I've just heard way too many stories about these synthetically created drugs, for lack of a better term, drugs. And through season one, I came out the other side with that wall of resistance completely dissolved. And in fact, curiosities and a new level of respect and understanding for these 
medicines for these different psychedelics of all different kinds. And, and in that education that I received through modern psychedelics, bless modern psychedelics, because it released judgment from my energy field. It released resistance from my energy field. What a blessing. Even if I never try these synthetic substances, there's no resistance. There's no ickiness or stickiness for me. There's just a complete understanding that there are people in this space who are using these medicines intentionally, who are using these medicines to help people grow, evolve, awaken. Mm -hmm. And I have complete respect for that. Yeah. And like we're, we're all in this space to grow and to evolve and to break down the, the walls and the barriers and to shatter our illusions. Right. Like I think it's fair to say that we're all doing that for, we're all doing this for reasons having to do with some type of evolution, growth, healing. And think about the energy of shame. Like imagine someone shares a powerful experience that they had, right? And they're just met with judgments and shame. Like what does that do? It completely, it's it's like an attempt to discredit their experience. It's just completely contra to what we're here doing this work for, right? Exactly. And it reminds me of the saying that hurt people hurt people. People who have been shamed shame others. And oftentimes it's a very subconscious way of projecting and trying to release that energy that's within. But we are all here to do our own work. And until we do our own work, we cannot continue hurting or shaming others to release our own shame. We have to go to work in that space. Mm-hmm. We have to integrate. If we're judging others, we're judging ourselves. The universe is your mirror. Every single person is your mirror. And I also encourage each and every one of you that if you are faced with shame or if you are faced with judgment in this space, just remember that it does not have anything to do with you. And I know it can be difficult to not make it mean anything about you, but just remember that that person is is coming from the level of consciousness at which they are at based on everything that they've personally been through. And you have an opportunity in that moment to lift your gaze, to rise above, and to educate from a place of love. And in that way, you empower yourself and you open up a realm of possibilities for someone else. You open them up to a growth mindset versus a closed or fixed mindset. And you begin to show them and shine a light on, perhaps there's a different way of looking at things. Perhaps you don't have to project those lower level energies within you onto someone else. Mm-hmm. Simply, I think education transmutes shame in that way. Yeah. Be the mirror that other people need, right? Be the change that you want to see in the world. Start with yourself. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and with that, I'm feeling I, we didn't really discuss this topic before we hopped on, but like self-shaming in this space. And like the self-shame and the way that we shame ourselves, like, oh my gosh, let's start with that. Because <laughs> I I definitely have had so much self-shame around one thing in particular, which is like just being in medicine circles and being in a space where you are surrounded with so many beautiful people 
who are doing their work and who are showing up for themselves and who are also like incredibly gifted in so many different ways. This was more in the beginning of my journey, but I sometimes felt like ashamed to even be around these people because it was like, wow, like it wasn't necessarily like a place of comparison. I just like, I really felt like I wasn't good enough or deserving or worthy to be around all these people. And I felt like ashamed that I I like wasn't at at the level, right? And this has really this has really um fallen away throughout the years as I have really like grown into myself and gained confidence in myself and also just like learned that my journey is unfolding exactly as it should be. But man, that was that was something. Have you ever experienced or like can you think of any ways in which you have experienced like self-shame or self-judgments in the space of medicine work, Zoe? Yeah, I haven't. I felt shame prior to trying ayahuasca for the first time when I found myself at Rhythmia. I believe I talked about this in our very first episode where I'm like, I cannot believe that I decided that I was going to go down to the jungle, do this, and then tell the internet about it. I was feeling a lot of shame, but then immediately after I did ayahuasca, my entire life completely shifted, changed on a whole new trajectory. And I, yeah, there was just no shame that could exist in the place for me in ceremony or with medicine work because it just, I just knew that this is where I need to be. And that was very much a part of my Dharma and yeah, nothing sort of has been in that space, but it reminds me of something that recently happened to me when you were sharing that story. Um, I was prompted with this memory of not very long ago, someone who, um, triggered me in a big way because this was, definitely a form of my mother and the shame that my mother would put on me as a child. And this woman who is quite older than me, and she basically said that she's like, well, you know, you aren't shamanic enough because you haven't sat with Cambo in the Amazon. Like you really have, you just don't even know, like, yeah, I don't know. It sort of said something like that. And it completely triggered me because it caught me off guard and it just felt very, um, yeah, like you aren't shamanic enough. I was like, I'm not trying to be shamanic in any way. Like I hold the deepest reverence for Cambo. I love Cambo so much. And I know that one day I will go to the Amazon and I know that one day I will meet Cambo. And I know that that will be one of the most sacred and special days of my entire life. But it doesn't mean anything about me that I haven't I haven't met Cambo yet or I haven't gone to the Amazon and done Cambo there. I, I know the training that I have and I know that it is built uh, so consciously, like the IAKP is such a conscious space and that they have a beautiful relationship with the Motsis and we learn their songs and we learn about them. And it's been a highlight of my life. And I know one day I will go to the Amazon, but just felt like you aren't shamanic enough. I was like, I'm not trying to be a shaman as in a cambo where we're practitioners. We are not shaman. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in some ways you can too. I mean, everyone can be, let's say like, it depends what your definition of shaman is. Right. So I've heard the definition of shaman is just as somebody who moves energy. We all have the ability to move energy within ourselves. We are all our own shaman in that way. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, in more of Amazonian terms, I've, I've never claimed or deemed anywhere that I was a shaman. So to receive that type of judgment, it, it caught me in a, in a moment where I just felt like, oh, is that true that I'm not shamanic enough? But then I realized I'm not even trying to be that. I'm not even that. And uh, yeah, I mean, not to go off on a little tangent about this recent trigger, but it just reminded me of it, mm. is that you never know when these um, judgments are going to arise or when these triggers are going to arise. But then just do the inner work. As soon as you have a moment to yourself, just do the inner work and have that conversation with yourself and remember who you are. Remember why you're doing this work. Yeah, and like just as we were saying, like that that shame of like you're not shamanic enough. Like, is it is it an attempt to like discredit the work that you're doing? Because Zoe, you hold like such a beautiful space, and you have such a love for the frog, and you provide a space for so much deep transformation for the people that come to you and who trust you. And I just don't understand the point of saying anything to someone who is a space holder that is an attempt to discredit what they're doing in any type of way, because any type of practitioner who holds medicine spaces for people, yourself included, are doing it from love. And okay, maybe not, because we have talked about like the the dark powers that be who hold space, but you are not one of them. And that's very clear. So that's just that's just counterproductive and not doing any good for the space. Thank you so much, like, Lana. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like important to note, like, I mean, this individual has never been to the Amazon, has never um, experienced like the work of a shaman, has not actually sat with a shaman with Amazonian medicine. So it's also just looking at things for what they are and allowing yourself to transmute that. And then, yeah, remembering who you are. And thank you, Lana, because I know that I hold a space of love and reverence. I know that to be true. And it was just calling me to step into that even more, step into that past my previous wounding of um, the divine feminine or like the mother shaming me or trying to keep me small. And it, actually as uncomfortable as that trigger was for me, it allowed me to rise and step up even more and own my unique ability to hold space and ceremony because each and every single one of us have such incredibly unique journeys. So we are all, whoever is a practitioner or a space holder in whatever capacity, medicine work or non-medicine work, I mean, everything is medicine in ways, but like if you're a sound healer, you hold a different space than any other sound healer. If you're holding a meditation or, or if you're a yoga teacher, you're holding a different class than, than anyone else because it's you, it's your energy, it's your space holding and owning that individuality and just knowing that is your medicine is unique to you and what you can provide to people is incredibly unique to you. And there's nothing to fear in that. Just keep stepping into exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's another thing we could have actually spoken about or touched on is yeah, the shame around like, well, you haven't gone to the Amazon, right? You haven't sat in the Amazon. And I think this is just ridiculous because people can have very powerful, meaningful experiences outside of the Amazon with practitioners who are tuned into the energy of the Amazon, who are working with tribes over there, who do get their medicine from the Amazon and who do kind of provide that experience in an appropriate way in North America. 
and I'm speaking from experiences with my ayahuasca shamans, it is possible. Um, but this idea that, you know, an experience is like less valid because it's not in the Amazon. The way that I reframe that is, well, in the Amazon, they drink ayahuasca in community and they have their community around them all of the time and they have that support. And that's like so important to medicine work. If you are to drink in your own community here, then you get that same experience. So I think it's equally as transformative and there's absolutely no shame to be had about drinking ayahuasca outside of the Amazon. Yeah, everyone's truth is their truth. Everyone who experiences their experience, that's real and that's valid and that's true for them. And it doesn't matter where it happened. I've drank in three different locations now. And I can say that actually the most recent ceremony that I had in Bali was the deepest that I ever went with the medicine. And I'm in Bali. I'm not actually in the Amazon. But again, I think it's like, it's the space holders. It's the music. It's where you're at in your journey. It's where you're at in your medicine work. And that's what allows you to go deeper. And it doesn't mean anything. I mean, space and time doesn't really exist. And especially when you're in the medicine and it's always exactly what you need in that moment. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. It really just doesn't matter. If it served you, it served you. And if that's your truth, that's your truth. Don't let anyone shame you or tell you differently because the the medicine will work with you and you work with the medicine and you know the power that is that relationship, is that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are experiencing any moments of feeling shamed or judged by people for the medicine work that you do, just know that like it's it's normal. It's some it's a it's a space that can be misunderstood and it can also trigger a lot of people. Um so feeling that is something that can happen, but you have the power to transform that. You have the power to become informed and educated. You have the power to tune into your gut and intuition when deciding what medicine to work with, what practitioner to work with, what your criteria is for where a medicine comes from and where it is sourced from. So we just want to just give you like ultimate permission to trust yourself as you walk this path because this work is so beautiful and it's so meaningful that if you are doing it with love, with intention, and just being guided by your heart, like we're we're modern psychedelics, we're bringing heart and intuition to the foreground of psychedelics. Like if you're doing it in that way, like this is this is our message to you. You can't you can't do it wrong, and you are being divinely guided by these beautiful medicines. Yeah. So we hope that this episode helped you guys to transform any shame and. We hope that our personal examples really transform some things for you too, because it's something that we all experience. We all as human beings have felt sort of this, have felt shame and have felt other people projecting judgments and shame onto us. It's it's a normal part of navigating life on planet earth to experience those types of triggers, but it it's about what you do with it, right? It's about how you come back to yourself, how you remember yourself, how you rise above, how you 
spread powerful light, love, education with people and really transform this space. So again, you're not alone in ways in which that you have felt resistance around walking this path and the medicines that you might use or how you use them or where you use them. But trust yourself and know that we love you. We support you. We've got you. We, we see you and you're not alone. And thank you so much for listening and spending a piece of your day with us. Yeah. And also Lana and I have developed a new offering for you guys, which is an integration journal. So that will be linked in the show notes there. It's an incredible tool that we've developed after our experiences with medicine journeys and integration and as certified professional life coaches. So it's packed full of really powerful, potent prompts that will allow you to integrate your experience further and really acknowledge yourself for the work that you're doing and everywhere that you're going. So that will be linked in the show notes. Um, it is 1111. That is the price of it. And that's another way in which you guys can give back to the podcast if you feel that this has offered you value, if this education has sparked things within you, if it has opened up your realm of possibilities. We really appreciate any and all um, energy exchanges that we can receive as we do this completely um, as an offering. We love you guys so much and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for sharing space and growing with us on the Modern Psychedelics podcast today. Come join our community on Instagram at Modern Psychedelics for more expansive content on a daily basis. And if this episode sparked something within, please let us know by leaving a review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify. This really helps to catalyze the psychedelic renaissance. The work begins when you come back down to earth and we're standing shoulder to shoulder with you doing it. Thank you.